Hello, welcome back from intermission. If you didn't listen to part one of the episode, A Tale of Two Weddings, stop what you're doing right now and head back over. You're going to want to hear the first part of this conversation. It is not to be missed. If you have already listened to part one, welcome to part two. During this conversation, Gabby's going to mention a bunch of different vendors that she's using for her wedding, all of which I have links to on the Real Talk page and my website, jasminrlily.com. So if you haven't already taken a look, I encourage you to do so. These vendors are top-notch artisans putting out some of the most beautiful contemporary work today. And if you're not familiar with Junebug Weddings, please, after this episode, go take a look at what's going on over there. They really are putting out superior content, and I'm so excited and honored that I was able to get even a glimpse into what's going on behind the scenes at Junebug. talking to a wedding vendor the other day about how going through the planning process as somebody who either knows the industry pretty well or is just a creative person in general has got to be significantly easier than getting married and not really having any concept of creative language, you know? (laughs) Exactly. That's actually, yeah, that's an interesting point. I went to school for studio art, so I have you know, mm-hmm. an entire mm-hmm. um, thesaurus. Yeah, exactly. I yeah. have the vocabulary uh-huh. for all of those things. I think at, at Junebug, um, our audience does include the more artistic bride, the non-traditional bride. And we do try to empower them with this um, this language, like you were saying, like this really abstract language that's used to describe everything in the wedding industry because I remember going into planning my the quote-unquote first wedding uh and being like well I like modern like I know I'm non-traditional but I don't really know what that means so I ended up being pigeonholed into this almost like stereotype of a wedding uh that I mean who's gonna be beautiful no matter what and I, I hate like trashing it but uh it was just this this thing that now that I know way more about weddings and I know more about what I'm looking for and what I'm ending up with and how perfect it is for me I've realized that there needs to be more just more content out there that can fulfill and educate and empower people to do what they what's actually right for them Yeah. Well, one of the things that I think about all the time as someone who works in the industry and has to deal with trends on the regular is I think we live in a really interesting time right now where the sharing of information is so different than it's ever been before. And so you have a sea of content and inspiration from which to choose. But also we live in, you know, viral video world where (laughs) trends are born overnight and they are pervasive and oh yeah it's almost like a disease like sometimes they'll take years (laughs) to run their course (laughs) that's so funny that you say that I I think about that all the time as well Yeah. yeah and it's so hard not to fall into those trend holes even as somebody you know that works in the industry uh but I've I think one of the main pieces of dialogue that I want to introduce into the conversation is the ways that people can avoid that, right? Like how you can take a trend and you can have 
a conversation about what you what you like, what you respond to in that trend, and then figure out how to make it your own instead of just copy paste. Because this is really the yes. only creative industry that I'm aware of where plagiarism isn't something that we ever talk about. But mm-hmm. I feel like it's a huge issue because, I mean, at least in my experience, people bring me pictures of other people's cakes all the time. And sure, I'm sure you've gotten the the geode cake. <laughs> Nothing wrong with geode cakes, but that that is a huge example. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. That's a huge example. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, that is a beautiful cake. I'm not going to copy right. anybody's work verbatim. I'm just not. And yeah. I think that, you know, you're always going to get the best out of your vendors when you are assembling a team of people who you respond to their original work. You respond to their signature style and what it is about them that, you know, sets them apart from the rest of the pack instead of finding somebody that does really quality work and then bringing them a picture of somebody else's really quality work and asking them to work Mm -hmm. within those boundaries. It just seems like like you're selling them short, you know, because yeah, let them do what they do best. (laughs) Yeah, I couldn't. I honestly couldn't agree with that more. That's you really are spot on with that. And that's really how Patrick and I approached this wedding. We are lucky to live in Austin and be a part of this amazing community of artists and vendors. And we are pretty involved in a lot of uh, different industries here in terms of like knowing people and having friends that work and do different things. Most of our vendors that we hired are actually just, we know them friends of friends or you know, and they're all just really talented people. And I, one of the first things that I told most of them going into wedding planning is, Hey, essentially that, like, I'm not going to throw a Pinterest board at you and say, Hey, do this for me, like recreate this. And still, even now, two months away from my wedding, I'm still trying to reevaluate, like, how do I want to decorate this thing? And I, I, I'm not really necessarily turning to Pinterest or turning to other wedding blogs like for that inspiration. I'm just trying to figure out what feels right to me. Yeah, we can really easily fall into these color palette quandaries where you've decided <laughs> yeah. on a theme or a color oh, yeah. palette and then it becomes oh, yeah. these really strict boundaries by which you hold everything in and instead of letting it breathe a little bit and organically kind of come together. Right. And what's interesting is, and again, from firsthand experience, I know this because brides are essentially forced into that. If they don't approach wedding planning from the standpoint of, hey, I just want to like get this one vibe. I just want to like feel like this is boho or like for me it was more like vintagey botanical just let's try to follow that theme mm-hmm. um one of the first questions one of the first things brides are asked to develop is their color palette and it's why why is that the thing that's dictating what your whole wedding should look like and what your whole wedding should be in yeah it's very stringent yeah it really is and so we didn't have any color palette at all we're lucky to have our, our venue is really kind of eclectic has like bright red walls and like a stuffed peacock in the corner and like really beautiful moments and just vignettes all around. But we were lucky that our florist, her name is Valerie. She's of uh, Davy Gray Florals. She is super talented. And I spent about an hour talking to her on the phone and just kind of was like, 
here's my style. Here's the, my dress. Here's our venue. And she developed my dream floral color palette. And it's about six colors. And I still don't have a color palette for the wedding. But whenever people ask me, like, what my colors are, I just, here's the palette. It's cool, right? I, I can't even explain the colors to you, you know, but it, it, it just, it works. It works really well. I like that. Yeah. So I feel like I have this idea of, um, as a vendor, I think it would be really cool to create, I, I almost hesitate to say this because I feel like someone's going to steal the idea out from under me, but I'm going <laughs> to say it anyway. <laughs> um, I would really love to create almost like a design house where you have all of these you know, incredibly talented artisan, creative people that work in the industry. And you and Patrick would come to us, you know, when you decided that you were going to get married. And we would basically, you would, we would have a questionnaire where you, we would interview you and be like, tell Mm -hmm. me about yourself. Tell me about your relationship and like get a sense of you and then start pitching you ideas based on what you tell us about you and then you'd be like oh I actually really respond to that color or that flower or that concept or idea or flavor yeah I think that's part of why we fall into the trend hole Mm -hmm. but I think it would be such a cool opportunity to have vendors pitching you their ideas yeah because the fact of the matter is not everyone is an artist not everyone can articulate what they want to a wedding vendor and I, I consider myself a pretty creative person, um, but I still had some boundaries and I still had these limitations on what I could articulate. And that's why you hire good vendors, you know, and I, I think the future of wedding planning, honestly, and I think, again, you really hit the nail on the head there, is not just idea sharing, not just Pinterest, not just macrame or the geode cake, but the future is more aligned with choosing quality vendors and collaborating with them and choosing artisans. Yeah. And I, I, I like the idea of the design house. You should just go ahead and start that. Do that. Cause <laughs> I, I think, I think it needs to happen. I think, I think people need help. I don't know. When I think about if I was getting married, I would come to a vendor and I would be like, so what are you excited to do right now? Like what what is boiling in the back of your mind (laughs) that you cannot wait to put out there and nobody's asked you for or nobody's come to you and seemed like the right fit for it and it may not be the right fit for me but like I want to hear it because I think that that's a really good place for the conversation to even just start because I think they have it's like a heavy hand in everything right and I I think that Mm -hmm. you really miss out on surprising yourself a little bit I love the idea of allowing yourself to experience something on your wedding day that you weren't expecting because yes when you have a really heavy hand you're inevitably going to be disappointed because because that's just too many moving pieces to be controlling and I've oh yeah been at weddings where the flowers ended up being coral rather than um I don't know peach or some shit like it was such it was (laughs) such an arbitrary color difference and I and the bride was losing her shit and yeah I was just like damn like you don't need to be losing your shit right now they are still beautiful flowers right again I think a huge component of being sure that you have that positive experience on your wedding day is picking vendors that you trust absolutely I you know, I, I went to great lengths to find people I trusted. In fact, when I, I when I was looking for my videographer or for my photographer, 
I interviewed three different photographers in the area, which felt kind of weird, you know, like it was like, oh, I hate kind of, it felt weird to be in that position of like, make me want to hire you essentially. Um, but I know for myself, at least I'm not really like super comfortable in front of a camera. And that's something that's really important to me on my wedding day is being sure that I'm comfortable. Yeah. That's really a situation where you want to be in the right hands. Yes, exactly. So I ended up with someone who is just super chill and easygoing and just so sweet. And I think that in in a lot of ways relates to even like your florist, like you just want to feel like they get you. Mm -hmm. And that's how I feel about everyone, like all of my vendors, even my venue event coordinator. It just feels so good to be understood. And I think that needs to happen more because a lot of times wedding professionals are looking at the bottom line or they're also fixated on the Pinterest boards and there needs to be like a more holistic approach to understanding the client. I am absolutely on board with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's um it's a funny thing for my business. I've always been quality over quantity. I would much rather have mm-hmm. a few clients who I really care about, who care about me and we have a great working relationship and we are on the same page and we're excited to work together than to have a bunch of clients that are paying a lot of money but where there's like no soul in the relationship. Right. And I don't advertise a sliding scale, but you know, if I've got a bride who comes to me that doesn't have a huge budget but Mm-hmm. has a really wonderful energy and really wants to collaborate with me and give me some creative freedom and is interested in, you know, pushing the boundaries and doing something really unique. I'm yeah. absolutely going to figure out how to accommodate her request because I want to work with people like that. And at the end of the day, it's worth it to me on a personal level to work with people like that, even if it doesn't benefit my pocketbook. And I know that that's not maybe the norm, but I do think that that is something that I sense a lot in new wave vendors, people in my, in our age range, right? People in their Mm twenties and thirties who are in this industry. I get a lot more of that from those people. And I think that the, the, the vendors who are concerned strictly with the bottom line, like, yeah, at the end of the day, we're business people. Like we have have to make ends meet, we have to eat. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I think that that's, that's a huge shift that's happening. And Mm -hmm. I think there's so much, um, I've said this before, but so much intimacy that is possible in the Mm -hmm. relationship between a vendor and a client because you're experiencing this really intense wedding planning period alongside them. And then, you know, if you're the photographer, you're also experiencing the day alongside them. Like that's deeply intimate. It's basically like having another guest at your wedding, right? Right. <laughs> and they yeah. have to be adding the right vibe. Absolutely. It's, it is, it is just a really interesting experience for sure. And I, I feel also like individualism on the consumer end of things is so important. And to find vendors that can really bring that out in you is awesome. Sort of uh, along uh, with your sliding scale mention, our videographer, um, again, super talented guy, he, uh, we, he was way above our budget. And uh, again, that was something Patrick was very particular about. He was like, we need to have Seth at our wedding. <laughs> it needs to happen. Yeah. I don't care how we, you know, make it work. And I, um, Seth is actually represented. He like outsources his uh, booking situation to an agent. So I talked to his agent on the phone and I explained her situation. I explained 
the cool venue that we're getting married at. And I was like, but this is our budget. We're not, we don't have a wedding party. Like we're not going to have a bridal party. Um, it's a pretty unique situation. And she did explain that Seth's starting price is typically way above what we're willing to spend, but they made it work. There is that, that sense of not just intimacy, but I think empathy. Like I think wedding vendors just want to experience that moment with you and they want to build their portfolio with things that they um, align with, you know, with uh, creatively. So. Absolutely. And they want to be treated like human beings who are valued, right? Right. To work with a client that really values my what I bring to the table is worth more to me than dollars and cents. Absolutely. It's a weird thing as a vendor to talk about because you don't want people knocking down your door and like hassling you for, you know, a lower rate on this, that, and the other. But at the same time, I think to me what it says more than anything is that there's a kindness level, right? That empathy you're talking about, just Mm -hmm. realizing that these, the people who work in the industry are not con artists, you know? Right, Um, right. If you're choosing your vendors wisely, then you're choosing people who have a lot of integrity in what they do. And um, and craftsmanship, and that costs money. And so a lot of people are willing to work with you, you know, but at the end of the day, I also want people to be mindful of like where those prices kind of come from because a wedding client is so different from any other client. Right. Like you, I'm yeah. have experienced on your end all of the time <laughs> that you've put into correspondence with your wedding vendors. That level of, I hesitate to say hand holding, but like communication level doesn't exist with other clients. Somebody ordering a birthday cake for me is not someone I'm going to be consulting with for months in advance and having like several phone conversations with and stuff. Yeah, that is possibly one of my um, biggest, I I, I might just call it a gripe, one of my biggest gripes that I have with the public perception of the wedding industry, because so many people do say like, oh, I don't understand. Like if there's wedding tacked onto the name or if there's bridal tacked onto the name, there is an extra price and there's this premium. But um, just as you said, there is an extra level of communication. There's an extra amount of pressure and coordination. And, you know, again, I mean, it's different from each vendor, but I think the quality too is just, it's always expected to be spot on, you know, and that is involved in the uh, communication aspect of it. Absolutely. It's very reductive to and insulting, honestly, when sure. people, you know, say that when they're like, yeah, uh, I want this. It's for a wedding. But just because I'm telling you that, please don't like <laughs> charge me some exorbitant price. And it's like, right. I'm no, charging you what a wedding is worth. You know, I know I'm not even a wedding vendor and I get insulted. Yeah, it, so. <laughs> I'm not even talking about market value. I'm talking about yeah. the amount of time that it yeah. takes to correspond with somebody to do all this stuff. But then also on top of that, the, the anxiety level that comes with helping somebody realize their dream, like that is no joke. <laughs> right. You're dealing, Absolutely. especially with brides, more often than not, you're dealing mm-hmm. with someone who's been dreaming of this day since she can literally remember in one way, shape or right. form. And maybe that dream has changed a little bit, but that's still a lifetime's worth of expectation and pressure put on one day or one celebration and there is no room for error in that equation and that's terrifying I've lost sleep over cake which is stupid (laughs) I know but that's part of what you're paying for is like me losing sleep over your cake (laughs) (laughs) right it's a very complicated industry but I think I I really love what I think you called it the new wave uh vendors is that what you called it yeah 
Yeah, I love just this new direction that the wedding industry is taking. Me too. It just, it makes me feel so good to be part of it, honestly. Like, I love working for Junebug, and I love witnessing all of this and just sort of the public the collective public's awareness of this artisan wedding industry yeah it feels it feels really inclusive and um and collaborative and also supportive I think yes I've I've worked with you know people in the industry who come from like a different generation you know who and this isn't like this isn't a blanket statement but i have worked with some people sure. where you where you get this sense that there's a there's a competition aspect to it or an ownership totally. piece of that equation um that you it's not that it doesn't exist with new wave vendors i'm sure that you're still going to have people that feel competitive with one another and i think right. especially living in an instagram world it's really hard not to compare ourselves to other people but mm-hmm. I think in the midst of that, in, in my experience, at least people who work in this new wave, you know, part of the industry are really supportive of one another. And there's yeah. enough business for all of us. Like there's no reason to cut somebody else down to build yourself up. And I think we can all be stronger for the connections that we make with one another and the referrals that yeah. we make. And that's a huge part of it to me. Yeah, I totally agree. We um at Junebug, we actually have a we have our, our regular editorial blog, which is where you see most of our content on, uh, at least the content we promote on social media. Mm-hmm. But we also have an additional blog. It's called the Photobug Community Blog, and it's just an entire blog dedicated to being a community for wedding photographers. And I see a lot of photographers I admire immensely, and they interact there and we we try to foster a community of helpfulness and cooperation and I also belong to a lot of photography Facebook groups I'm like a little starstruck on a daily basis because I see some of my like photography heroes and they're posting about really vulnerable moments with photography or really amazing like wins for them like oh I took this awesome like high ISO photo I'm so proud of myself. Like it's still, you realize with this openness and this vulnerability that even the most amazing, crazy, breathtaking wedding vendors, photographers, they still have moments of vulnerability and they're still human beings. And we're all in this together. I think if it weren't for this sort of collaborative community that we have now in this new wave vendor community, we wouldn't be nearly as advanced in terms of the actual craft. Yeah. Um, it's amazing. Like the quality of work that I see at weddings on a daily basis, it's, it's really breathtaking and it, it always surprises me. Absolutely. We're all pushing each other forward. I think that that's a huge part of it. When, when you have a supportive community and when you're all, it's not one upping one another. It's like, Oh my gosh, that's beautiful. I also want to do something really avant-garde or really interesting and push my own boundaries. You know, I think it's the same reason why you want to be in a classroom with, with contemporaries that are putting in the same level of effort as you, because it makes you be a better student. Right. And something that's common. I don't know if this, I don't think this was necessarily common or pervasive throughout the wedding industry in the past, but I know right now a lot of wedding vendors are coming together for creative workshops. Yeah. I think that's, I think it's new. I think it seems pretty new to me. It must be new because it's, it's definitely, I, from what I understand, again, it's um, photography forward workshops 
But vendors like you, like cake vendors, florists, they'll come in and they'll create a styled shoot and there will be like multiple photographers there. There will be speakers. Um, Actually, my uh, editorial, my executive editor and the editor in chief of Junebug are going to be speaking at a workshop soon. And it's just really interesting to see all these different facets and aspects of the wedding industry come together and be so supportive. Like it it just makes me feel, honestly, it makes me feel warm and fuzzy inside. I love it. You know, it makes me feel like I'm in an industry that I can stand behind. Cause when I first got into the industry, I, I'm still not sure how I feel about marriage. And, um, and I had some issues inherently with weddings and marriage and like the price tag and the consumerism and, you know, blindly following some traditions that we don't, double check ourselves like why are we doing this um and right and you know it got to the point where a couple years into this you know run in the industry I was like okay there are a lot of things that I really love about this industry and it's what you're describing right and there's a lot of things that I still have a lot of issue with and I think that when I talk to other people that work in the industry they have the same issues there's they are feeling the same way that I am but there was no There's no public forum for that. I think we're really good in this industry, maybe because everything is so beautiful. (laughs) Like we put (laughs) we put a glossy filter over everything and we don't talk about a lot of the hard shit in any Mm -hmm. real capacity. And I think that 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 needs to be a bigger part of it, because I I see that conversation happening on our side of the aisle, right? On the side that where the people who work behind the scenes, I think that that camaraderie and that collaboration and that community is a Mm -hmm. byproduct of that vulnerability that you're talking about. But we haven't shared that vulnerability with the people getting married. Right. That's true. In little ways, maybe, you know, I think Mm -hmm. when you follow someone on Instagram, sometimes it can really feel like you're getting to know them, but it is still a pretty curated version of them. And I really want to encourage people that work in the industry to be vulnerable with their clients and to invite them into a more holistic understanding of what it is to work in this industry and why we price the way that we do or like why we have anxiety about these certain things and how we choose the clients that we want to work with. And I think that the styled shoot was really a turning point in our industry. Mm -hmm. I wonder when the first styled shoot was. I feel like it had to have been like in the last 10 years. It's really evolved at just an absolutely bananas rate. (laughs) Right. It's wild. So, um, but I think that that's been a huge turning point in our industry because that was people working in the industry, getting together and being like, what do we want to do? Nobody's telling us what to do. What do we want to put on the table? Literally. Yeah. So yeah, literally so often, um, you know, again, I go through the editorial submissions for June bug. And so often I see people submit styled shoots And in their little blurb, their like info description, they'll be like, well, this is a huge passion project for me and all the vendors. We really just wanted to pursue this one thing that we felt we weren't being able to creatively uh, output yet. And we just ran with it. And a lot of times those are just some of the most beautiful, creative uh, styled shoots I've seen. And I think that's where a lot of trends are born, too. Like the geode cake. Oh, yeah. As far as I can tell, was traced back to St. G. Keiko, and that was from, mm-hmm. you know, a styled shoot. Right. And I think that those styled shoots, 
there needs to be more conversation about what a styled shoot is in the first place, because I think we've started saying wedding inspiration in order to delineate it from wedding, like real weddings. Right, right. Because people that work in this industry will get clients all the time who bring us a photo of something from a styled shoot and they'll be like, I want this on an enormous scale. And you're like, okay, right. <laughs> well, here's what yeah. that means. Um, uh-huh. And I think part of that conversation about styled shoots is um, that, at least for me, like the reason that I do a styled shoot is not because I'm trying to incite a trend. It's not because I'm trying to create an image that you can bring to a cake designer in Austin for them to make it. What I'm trying Mm -hmm. to communicate is this is what I'm capable of when you give me creative freedom. And these are the types of boundaries that your vendors can push if you let them. Right. And I think that's such an important thing for the uh, clients to know, for brides and grooms to know, is that there is this huge sense of individualism. And not that everyone is, you know, the most creative person or like has this really particular style but I just think it's important to for people to know that it's you're never going to get the Pinterest perfect wedding you know there it it might seem like it it might seem like it in the photos but there are always things that go wrong there are always things that go unexpectedly and the actual wedding day is a really interesting moment also. Yeah, well, it's chaos. It's controlled chaos. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, it I mean, that Pinterest, that, that Pinterest board, you know, that you've compiled and those images mm-hmm. that you're referencing, those those weddings weren't perfect either. The photographs are perfect right. because that's the photographer's job is to like right. find all of the beautiful moments and capture them. But, you know, some of the most beautiful photographs that I've seen from weddings were moments of things gone awry or, you know, spinning mm-hmm. gold out of shit. <laughs> like, right. Exactly. Something happened that you weren't expecting and you made the best of it and you rolled mm-hmm. with the punches and you found joy mm-hmm. in that moment anyway. Definitely. So it's just the understanding between the vendor and the client that they are their own person. Their wedding is their own event. And what they see in the picture isn't necessarily what they should get. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's just this expectations versus reality, I suppose. For sure. And I want I think that the, the way that we can kind of blur that hard edge between expectations and reality Mm -hmm. is to invite more honest dialogue on, you know, between vendors and clients. And I think that um, that it's going to have to be like kind of a widespread thing, right? Because it's an intimidating thing as a vendor when you have a bride that comes to you who is really married, pardon the pun, <laughs> married to some specific idea of what she right. thinks her wedding is supposed to look like. Yeah. And it's a hard thing to talk to her and say like okay I hear what you're saying um here's what I can bring to the table and also being that I work in this industry here's some things that I think that would really help you to experience this process in a way that is going to set you up for success at the end of the day exactly because you know the bottom line is when you meet those brides or grooms that have this preconceived notion of what they want or what their wedding needs they're not necessarily going to understand like, oh, but I need to be open about this. I need to go into this with an open mind and like realize the vendor has their own thing going. The fact of the matter is a lot of people just don't really understand that about 
the wedding industry or like vendors as a whole. There's just, there is sometimes a disconnect between the customer and the vendor. And you're not always going to get someone like me who, you know, I'm not necessarily like a wedding cake baker, but I, I do understand that my cake baker, who also happens to be a good friend of mine, does her own thing, you know, and I, I just need to trust her. But not everyone is capable at first, at least, of that immediate trust. Yeah. And actually, when you said that, I was just thinking, if you didn't work in this industry and all you really knew about it was what you saw on TV, which is especially toxic bridal culture. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. You might think that you needed to roll up into town guns blazing, you know, like I need to establish <laughs> yeah. myself as a force to be reckoned with. Like, don't fucking right. con me. <laughs> like, right. Don't right. try to turn yeah. this over. And um, and like, you know, I don't want to get steamrolled by my vendors and to, you know, or whatever. Um, So I can imagine that that might actually have something to do on a psychological level with why people, you know, are so strict with certain things when it comes to planning their wedding. I think another huge piece of it, of course, is the family because a lot of oh my god yeah did you experience that (laughs) was there a difference between your first and your second wedding as far as um like family involvement in in decision making um that's an interesting question I think for the the first wedding it was a little bit more hands-on um in terms of family but it's also because it was such a big inclusive event mm-hmm. um we actually did need a little bit of guidance because we were like oh god how do i approach this how do we you know will aunt so and so need a car back to the hotel at this time and it is a lot more hands-on um in terms of design i think it it both of our families definitely respected that individual line of allowing us to just creatively explore what we wanted to explore. But again, at the time, I just simply didn't really know enough about finding super unique vendors or like having a a particular vision or style. So I just sort of, I still found vendors that I loved and trusted. And I I kind of always knew that that was something that was important to me. Um, But in terms of the second wedding, this one that we're planning right now, I, our families were very hands-off. Um, they, there are things they wanted or people they want to invite. Um, but ultimately, they both of our families had been really respectful of what we wanted and just the style and craziness. Because it is this wedding that we're planning is pretty unique, I'd say. Um, I can't wait to see the photographs. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm really excited. Uh, but yeah, it's, it is, you know, we're, we're, foregoing the bridesmaids and the groomsmen and it's going to be again a a smallish venue uh kind of decentralized reception um we just hired a typewriter poet from new orleans to come fly into austin and write all of our guests poetry whoa i love Um, that thank you yeah we just we are really trying to create an experience that reminds our guests of us and it's sort of like this mutual. Actually, it's funny. My my DJ, I was I was having a conversation with him just about our style of our wedding, and he just said something so beautiful. It like brought me to tears. But he was like, "I want your wedding because you know, sound guys are like really into the moments, right? Like totally. they're really into like <laughs> making curating this amazing collection of moments. And also, our DJ used to be in film, so he was like, "I want your wedding." to feel like a movie like I want your guests to experience the moments like through music 
even if they don't notice the music is playing, like, I just want them to experience your love and for them to fall in love with you guys and for them to fall in love with themselves and their partners. And I was like, oh, my God, you're so right. And I started crying. <laughs> that's yeah, amazing. Exactly. But I mean, when I thought about it, like, that's really how I want all of my guests to experience every aspect of my wedding from the cake and like from the typewriter poet to the food. And like, I just want everyone at some point during my wedding to feel this moment of authentic love, even if it's not for us or like if it's for themselves, like I just want that experience to occur. So it's our wedding is more about experiences rather than, you know, the big picture. Yeah. I think that's smart. I think it's, you know, it's the reason why we try to be in the moment instead of worrying about how everything looks from the outside, you know? Right. There is yeah. so much beauty even in um even in the mistakes that happen on a day mm-hmm. like that. So I Definitely. think that you're smart to approach it in that way. And I'm sure that your guests are gonna have an incredible time. I love the poetry idea. I love it. <laughs> I never thought about doing that at a wedding, but I think that's brilliant. Yeah. We uh we were trying to figure out we were gonna do a photo booth or, you know, just like we wanted an activity during a reception for our guests to do. Yeah. Um, but for us, something really intimate and just cool felt right. So the typewriter poet was awesome. A big portion of my June bug team went on a retreat to New Orleans recently and met this poet. So um, I was connected through that avenue and I'm really excited for him to come out. Yeah. Man, I love that. What are, um, what are some other like really, I don't know, fun little special things that you're looking forward to? Well, for one, I'm definitely, I mean, this is really just more like a wedding moment than like a a vendor thing, but I'm just really looking forward to our speeches. The toast after the ceremony, uh, we asked both of our siblings, my my brother and Patrick's sister, as well as two of our best friends to um, get up and share whatever they want to share. I don't know what they're going to say, but share whatever they want to say to your wedding. And I just am so excited for that. But I'm also super excited for our flowers. I'm kind of a flower gal. Yeah, me too. Yeah. And um, again, she is one of my favorite vendors that we even hired for the the wedding. Her name is Valerie and she's of Davy Gray. And she um, she is amazing. And I, uh, I can't believe she came up with such a, a beautiful mood board and palette for us after I just threw out some random adjectives to her and kind of told her what I'm all about. And again, like going back to just really talented vendors, that's what it's all about. You know, it's just about finding the people you align with. Who do you have coming to the wedding guest wise that you like haven't, I don't know. I, I have like a lot of really incredible girlfriends that live all across this country and across the world. And I'm so excited to like, I don't even think they've all been in the same place at the same time. So that Mm -hmm. idea really delights me and I'm wondering do you have people like that that you're just like so excited to get in the same room oh yeah absolutely so I'm originally I think I mentioned this I'm from Philadelphia um and I moved to Austin almost five years ago now so I've I have friends from all over the country and now a bunch of them have moved even you know to the west coast and uh I haven't seen some of them in years And it's going to be super special, like a lot of girls I went to college with or even high school friends. Um, It's just and I think you mentioned this earlier, too, just the idea, the sheer thought of having all of my best friends and all of my favorite family members in one place is kind of staggering. Like, I think 
I'm going to be way more overwhelmed by that than I can even imagine right now in, yeah. in an amazing way. Like, it's just... It's going to be surreal. Humbling. Yeah. It's like overwhelming that all these people took their time to come share this moment with me, this like really beautiful moment. Yeah. It's just, I, I can't wait. I'm kind of beside myself <laughs> in anticipation. It's like swimming in a sea of love. It's pretty incredible. It is. <laughs> yeah. It's like saccharine sweet, but yeah. It, <laughs> I know it it's so cheesy, like but it's so true. <laughs> yeah. The fact of the matter is if, if you wanted to just get married and if you didn't really care too much about sharing that moment with your family and friends, you can get eloped. And a lot of people choose to do that. And I think that is awesome. I think elopements are so cool. And people are having crazy, beautiful elopements. Oh, my too, God. Right. I like know. it's basically like a mini styled, wedding. Styled shoot. Exactly. <laughs> right. Which I'm totally down with. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, so it's like, you know, you just have to make that decision. Why? do you want to get married? And for a lot of people, part of the answer, like my answer is that I do want to share this moment with my most loved ones. So, and just kind of thank them. And Patrick and I love each other. And again, we are a unit, but part of our love is our love of our community. And so it's really important to us to honor them in a sense um, while we're sharing this experience. Well, I'm so happy for you guys. I think that you made Thank the you. right choice. And I know <laughs> that it was a really difficult one to make in the yeah. first place. But I think that it sounds like it's really made your union so much stronger and you're getting to have the wedding that you deserve and want instead of the wedding that you thought you wanted and oh thank you yeah it definitely feels that way I think it's smart to check yourself before you wreck yourself which you guys absolutely did (laughs) so true well thank you so much for talking with me this is awesome yeah thank you Jasmine I love talking to you this is a great conversation I just love this sort of like I wouldn't call it a free for all, but it's kind of like the wild west of the wedding industry. Like you can just discuss whatever, right? Yeah. It's really cool. Refreshing. (laughs) I love that. The wild west of the wedding industry. The wild west. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm trying (laughs) to do. It's like the the untapped frontier. (laughs) The frontier. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Cool. Well, um, just keep in touch. This was wonderful. Awesome. Yes. Likewise. Talk soon. Okay. Okay. Sounds great. Bye, Gabby. Bye. Well, that's it, folks. Thank you, as always, for your continued support. I love having these conversations, but I also really, truly love knowing that they are making a difference, that they are finding their way into your life, and that they are hopefully helping shape some new ideas that you might have about the wedding industry and how and why we are getting married in the modern world. I've said it before, I'll say it again. Please, please, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. And if you're feeling so inclined, sharing on social media doesn't hurt. Instagram has been a huge part of spreading the avowed message. And every time that you guys repost something that I put on Instagram, it makes me feel all warm and fuzzy inside. So keep it up, tell all your friends, and help me change the conversation. As always, all for love and love for all. (laughs) 